Our biggest goal is to normalize the conversation between physician and patient about firearms. This is a purely a safety issue, a public health issue. And to date, very few physicians ask questions related to guns. And if we can pull it off, which I really think we can, um, it is going to be a paradigm shifting kind of conversation that will hopefully change the landscape across the country. Hello, this is Rob Hoyle, and thank you for tuning in to Northwell Health's 20-Minute Health Talk, where some of the brightest minds in healthcare help us break down the latest news and developments. I'm alongside my co-host, Chris Gazuski, and our special guest today, Dr. Shathan Sathia. Dr. Sathia is a pediatric surgeon at Cohen Children's Medical Center, and he's also the director of Northwell Health Center for Gun Violence Prevention. Thank you so much for joining us today. People, when they think of crisis, healthcare crisis, they think about the pandemic, but we have another crisis we're facing and that's gun violence. Absolutely. And I really want to thank you for having me today. As we've all seen, gun violence has kind of escalated beyond control in this country. It's been one of our major public health issues over the last many, many decades. And I think it's easy to forget about that. You know, it's just as important as COVID for us to deal with. You had a pretty big event coming up, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Here at Northwell, you know, we're having our second annual gun violence prevention forum. December 10th, it will be a virtual event. Um, we have a number of big speakers there. Mayor Bloomberg, um, Gabby Giffords, and a number of other folks are going to be speaking. We have panels focusing on a range of issues from cross-sector advocacy to the role of healthcare systems in gun violence prevention um, to gun violence in communities of color. So it's going to be a great event, and I hope everyone can join. Let's stop on that just for a second. The uh, communities of color, tremendously impacted by COVID-19 also tremendously impacted historically by gun violence. What, what, what are we going to bring to the table there at, 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 the, at the forum? I think it's one of the most under-discussed issues. You know, when we talk about gun violence, we rarely focus on communities of color, but you're absolutely right. They are disproportionately affected. And I think there's a lot we have to learn in healthcare as to what our role is when it comes to gun violence in those communities. We often fixate on safe storage, um, you know, other issues around firearm safety, but again, rarely do we talk about gun violence communities of color. So we have a lot to learn as a healthcare system and other hospitals across the country. So I'm hoping that that kind of inspires some discussion of how we can help bridge that gap. Among the uh, the, the rock star lineup we have at the uh, upcoming forum is Erica Ford. And uh, you know, t- explain who Erica is and, and tell us why why it's great that she's going to be there. Yeah, so she's going to be one of the kind of the leads on the gun violence and communities of color panel. And she's really a remarkable, remarkable individual. She really developed um, the crisis management program for New York City around gun violence. Uh, She is a CEO of an organization called Life Camp as well, that really works in these neighborhoods on the ground with the youth to prevent gun violence, prevent injuries, counsel them, provide them with other resources, because we know this is a multifactorial issue. And, you know, she's really doing that hard frontline work. So we're very happy to have her perspective on this panel. And we will also have a number of other folks, including Dr. Andre Campbell from UCSF, who's built a very robust hospital-based violence intervention program, which really bridges the gap between hospitals and community. So we very much look forward to learning from that. Yeah. Some people say, uh, you know, why is healthcare getting into this? This is not your lane. And some other people are saying, wait, healthcare should have been involved in this years ago. Yeah. You know, we are always very clear. We consider this a public health issue. Gun violence, firearm safety is a public health issue. This is not about the Second Amendment. There is no interest to take away firearms, right? This is just about combating something that is very much in our lane. We see a lot of the patients with injuries, and we also have an opportunity to prevent those injuries when they come to see us in the emergency department or at primary care visits. So I do think this is our lane, and I see no reason why we can't take a public health approach to this, similar to coronavirus. 
So that really was the theme of the first forum, where we identified that this is healthcare's lane. It is a public health crisis. It is a public health issue. What has happened since that for, uh, forum? Talk about the momentum that Northwell's had. You know, it would be an understatement to say that there's been tremendous momentum. Um, after Michael Dowling, our CEO, really took a stance on this issue, it reverberated across the entire healthcare industry nationally. And that is because he is one of the first healthcare CEOs that was willing to take a stance on this when it comes to gun violence. And that, what that provided us is really top-down buy-in on this issue and the ability to tackle gun violence as a health system like no other place in the country. And um, many, many things have happened since that time in last year. We've got 1.4 million from the NIH for a big study. We were fortunate to get the first round of that congressional funding, which is you know, a big achievement. That research in itself is actually going to be supporting our We Ask Everyone firearm campaign, where we are going to ask all patients who come into our emergency departments questions around gun safety and counsel them around firearm safety and also identify folks who are at increased risk of gun violence in their communities and pair them up with different resources. So that type of study, universal screening, has never been done in the country. And the only reason we can do that is because we have that top-down buy-in. On top of that, we've launched a national learning collaborative for hospitals and health systems around this issue. That's a multi-year, multi-phase collaborative, the first of its kind, that is going to bring together the biggest health systems in the country to learn about gun violence, develop best practices, and implement those. So we really think that that is going to uniquely position the healthcare industry to combat this issue and really figure out, you know, what they should be doing in this space. Because right now, a lot of folks just don't know. Yeah, and that NIH grant, the, uh, the We Ask Everyone campaign, it mirrors what we've done with ESPERT. And uh, ESPERT is more uh, for substance misuse. It, from my understanding, it has worked incredibly well. So um, kudos to you guys for getting that. And uh, what, what do you anticipate um, seeing from that? You know, the data that we're going to collect from that is going to be very far reaching, right? So again, because this has never been done before, we are going to get all kinds of data from, you know, who are those who are actually at risk? Because we're going to ask everyone around, everyone about this question. We're going to get a lot of data about the interventions that we actually give, the counseling that we give. Does it make a difference once these folks go home? And not to mention, our biggest goal is to normalize the conversation between physician and patient about firearms. This is just a, this is a purely a safety issue, a public health issue. And to date, very few physicians ask questions related to guns. Even though the vast majority of patients we know are totally okay with us asking those questions. There's a lot of barriers to this. So the implementation of this type of campaign is what really interests the NIH. And if we can pull it off, which I really think we can, um, it is going to be a paradigm shifting kind of conversation that will hopefully change the landscape across the country. Couldn't have come at a better time. We're seeing historic highs in gun violence across the country, including our, uh, you know, urban areas like New York City, Chicago, um, you know, um, talk about that a little bit. And, you know, what what does it mean right now? I think this has always been an important issue for the country. You know, I really firmly believe this is probably our major public health issue uh, for the last decade. Um, COVID has, of course, made it worse. I think there's a multifactorial uh, etiology to why the gun violence spikes we're seeing are there. Um, I think it's too early to tell what the true cause of that is, but people are suffering from COVID, whether it be economically, mentally, um, and so on. There are a lot of stressors going on right now. And I think um, it is, again, bringing gun violence to the forefront. So I think it's extremely important to deal with now, and I think it's very important that we don't let up even after COVID disappears. Um, because this will remain our major public health issue. Yeah, and you're uniquely um, positioned yourself. You see these on the front lines, having trained in Chicago, and you know, now you're a you know, pediatric trauma surgeon at Cohen. It's It's got to be gripping you to, to see this. It really is. You know, I, um, 
this is an issue that's very close to my heart. I uh, actually am a Canadian. I trained in Canada and then I did my fellowship in Chicago. And when I got to Chicago, it was really a big eye opener for me. Um, I dealt with quite a few bullet wounds actually in Toronto, Canada. So I was already kind of very passionate about this issue. But in Chicago, I was having to pull bullet after bullet out of young babies, you know, many of which didn't, didn't survive. And having that discussion with parents that their child has now been killed and, you know, this was a largely preventable issue uh, over and over again takes a toll on all of us and really makes us want to <clears throat> do everything we can to solve this issue. So I was very fortunate to kind of get here at Northwell, right, when Mr. Dowling took a stance on this issue. And um, that's why I'm so passionate about it. It was kind of a bold move for 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 Michael Dowling, the present CEO of Northwell Health, to to take this stand. And, you know, and now you have this NIH grant and you're looking for buy-in from other health systems and hospitals. How has that been now that the ice is broken? Have more people been wanting to get on board? Yep. After the call to action last year, I think it really reverberated, as I mentioned earlier, across the healthcare industry. A number of CEOs have expressed expressed interest, a lot of health systems and hospitals. And they're kind of looking to Northwell to say, you know, what should we do? That's actually the point of the learning collaborative, is that many hospitals across the country are doing wonderful work when it comes to gun violence prevention. We at Northwell, for example, have a lot to learn from, let's say, a hospital in Baltimore, like Hopkins, who does a lot with respect to hospital-based violence intervention programs. So the point of the collaborative is that we can all kind of learn from one another based on what we're doing around this issue. And there are a lot of hospitals that aren't doing anything that do want to get into this space. And then we all come together, develop best practices, and then actually implement those and evaluate those. So the goal here is to actually hold health systems accountable for this and to kind of collectively uh, join together. What about the corporate sector? What's their role? I feel like it's going to take everybody working as one to really make a difference here. Yeah, I, I think there's more and more buy-in from the corporate sector, um, as we've seen with different companies like Levi's, PayPal, um, and many, many others. Uh, and I think whether it be social justice issues or gun violence, a lot of the corporate sector is getting engaged. And I think healthcare needs to follow suit, right? At the end of the day, a lot of the healthcare industry in America is corporate. And I see a lot of similarities in buy-in, but also reluctance, right? There still are a lot of hospitals and health systems that don't want to necessarily commit to doing anything. And again, the collaborative is just about talking. That is the starting point. And that is kind of the only thing we can do at this point because people are still weary. And so I think it's about the journey and how do we bring everyone along? And I agree with you. The corporate sector needs to be behind this as well. Yep. Politicians too. I mean, red flag laws, everything's going to add up, right? Yep. Yep. And, you know, um, politicians are really, really needed to back us up in healthcare and the corporate sector to continue to put pressure on all of us to kind of move this agenda forward, right? And so this issue, again, is not political. This is about firearm safety. This is a public health issue. But we need politicians as well to support us in considering this a public health issue. So I think we're looking forward to, you know, welcome kind of change when it comes to that viewpoint. Yeah, viewpoints are, I mean, it's interesting what we saw with COVID, right? And and then there was protests and everything else. And what was really interesting in this time, which almost seems unfathomable, that there was lines for gun stores and ammunition. And there was points where ammunition was running out, which was kind of scary. Like all of a sudden people were flocking to buy guns. And, and so how do we change that type of mentality? That's a great question and a major, major problem, right? The, the surge in gun sales is exponential during COVID. And most of those folks are first-time gun owners. So they don't really know much about firearm safety. So we are very concerned there's going to be an uptick in accidental shootings. Not only, you know, not only that, but the mental health toll here from COVID. 
and the uptick in suicide that is inevitable as well. So I think that's a very big concern, hence the importance of the firearm safety angle here. Um, you know, how to store your weapon locked, unloaded, and so on. And um, I think part of that is that um, education. I think education is the most important thing. You know, switching up our segments, we, we do a segment called Off Your Chest where we're going to give you an opportunity to let us know what's really, really eating at you, especially for this particular issue. What do you want to get off your chest? The main thing is that, you know, for folks who think that gun violence, firearm safety is not in our lane, I just want to, you know, make it very clear that nobody is talking about taking away weapons, right? We, we all, I, I think in the healthcare industry also understand that there's a difference between firearm safety and gun violence risk in, let's say, violent neighborhoods, right? We, we understand it's a complicated issue. This is about doing our part to prevent those injuries, right? And we, and, and I think as has happened in COVID, the lines often get blurred between science and politics. And I, when I look at the COVID situation and how masks and social distancing have become such a political issue, it's very, very similar to what we've been dealing with for decades when it comes to firearms. Yeah, and that'll all come front and center at the forum on December 10th. Yeah, so just, um, just tell us in, in a nutshell what the Gun Violence Prevention Forum is. So, you know, this really started December 2019, again, with Michael Dowling, our CEO, taking a firm stance on this issue. You know, one of the first healthcare CEOs in the country to do so. And that forum was a kind of boutique event in Manhattan with 100 or so of the healthcare industry leaders who are focused on the space and gun violence prevention. And it had a tremendous reception. You know, it really reverberated. Um, we focused on gun violence as a public health issue. And the center itself has really blossomed over the last year, you know, including the NIH funding. We have a focus on different domains, including community outreach, medical educational curriculum, advocacy policy, and then uh, clinical integration as well. So, you know, we have a number of working groups, a number of steering committees, all focused on different initiatives. We're working closely with law enforcement, religious groups, we're working closely with a number of community-based organizations in this space as well. And our hope, again, is to continue building on that at this next forum to bring other healthcare systems along um, and to learn from some of the great work that they are all doing. So we're very fortunate on one of the panels, actually, to have um, a number of healthcare CEOs from very um, active health systems in this space participate to kind of teach us what they're doing. You know, we, we've... Bought in, obviously. Michael Dowling has invested mightily in this. Northwell's invested in this. Other um, hospital and health systems are, like, say, Mass General and Hopkins. Where where are we with the, the learning collaborative? Are we seeing some of the bigger health systems signing on, you know, Mass General, Hopkins? Absolutely. So we're still, you know, this is going to be one of the big call to actions at the forum as well that Michael Dowling will make because this is really the next step. Um, but we already have some of the biggest health systems in the country signed on. And that includes folks from a variety of places, you know, different states across the country, Kaiser, Ascension, um, as you mentioned, Hopkins, MGH. So a, a lot of the big players are involved and we're hoping to build on that. And then we look to start the learning collaborative in early 2021. You know, so, so you sign on this learning collaborative. What, what, what does that mean? So, you know, that, that is a multi-year, multi-phase learning collaborative. And basically it's going to be forums, sessions every two to three months where we will discuss a particular topic related to gun violence prevention, whether it be community gun violence or the role of hospitals in research. You know, there's going to be different topics every time. And at the end of that first year, we're going to develop those best practices. 
that we can get the large majority to kind of agree on and then hope that we can pick one of those that we get all these hospitals and health systems to actually pledge to implement a year later. Joint effort. Yeah, when we talk about buy-in from other health systems and hospitals, how has the buy-in been from doctors and, and nurses and people who are going to be in those uh, situations where they're, they're asking these questions to patients and to patients' families? Great question. You know, that's actually a big part of the research that we're going to be doing as we implement our project here in Northwell is to find out what is that buy-in, right? Because there are, you know, some other thoughts on whether or not we should be asking these questions and that's okay. That's part of the discussion. And those are some of the major barriers to why the questions never get asked. So it's up to us to figure out how to get around those. How do we educate everybody? How do we bring everyone along and uh, incorporate some of those very real concerns that some folks in the medical community might actually have about ask, us asking those questions and um, kind of finding a way forward. We're also going to engage a lot of gun owners in the process as well, which I think is critical, right? The majority of gun owners actually do want improved firearm safety. They do want reduced gun violence risk. So we can't lose sight of that either. Are we going to be training our clinicians on the front lines who are going to be asking these questions? That, that is a big part of the research is that first we have to educate the workforce because most people don't know how to discuss this issue. And that also includes being comfortable with the actual mechanics of a firearm, you know, being able to handle certain questions back from the patient. So the education is a big, big part of this. Yeah. And, and you touched on it before. I think the, the mental health aspect of, of everything really coming to a head at, at once, COVID, People are at home. I mean, that's probably the reason why we're not seeing as many mass shootings as we were. And it really pains me to say that. But, um, you know, the mental health, it first and foremost, has to be a big piece of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the behavioral health department is, is a massive part of this undertaking. And I think a, a big part of any under, undertaking from any hospital or health system in the country that does this work. And uh, they're very much ingrained in the process. They already do a lot of this counseling, actually, targeted with folks who are at risk, let's say, of suicide that come into the emergency department, right? So we're leaning on them quite a bit to tell us what they've learned from that experience and how we can expand that to everybody else. I think it's great to get gun owners involved, bring these people in too, make it not a polarized issue, get everybody to the table, get everybody talking about it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, this is not a polar, you know, this should not be a polarizing issue. And gun, gun owners are a huge part um, of our success on this. So I think, you know, they'll be critical to us actually having those conversations, teaching us about what we should be asking um, and how to talk about this in an educated manner. How do we engage with them? You know, we have contacts at um, a variety of different you know, shooting ranges, different organizations that focus on responsible gun ownership. Uh, there's also a big contingency of physicians who own guns as well, who are going to be very engaged in this process that we have access to. So those are all resources we are going to use. Dr. Sathya, thank you so much for joining us today. We learned so much. We're looking forward to this gun violence prevention forum that's coming up. We always like to end on a positive note. What gives you hope? What gives me hope is the fact that, um, you know, Americans really, despite what the media portrays and so on, you know, being a Canadian who now lives here, notice that Americans really do look out for each other. They do want their communities to be safer. And I think that often gets lost in the debate, right? Everybody has their own pressures. The issue of gun violence, firearm safety is a complicated one. And so when I actually have you know, conversations with folks who are on both sides of the debate, that's what really inspires me and gives me hope. And I think that we've already come a long way. Um, you know, when you look at research funding that's been released for gun violence, 
It's just going up and up and up. This is becoming an issue over and over again that people are focusing on corporate sector, healthcare industry, and so on. So I think that all gives me hope. Uh, and I think that we are on the right track, even though at times it seems like we're not. Yeah, I guess, just, like you said, just the fact that we're having the conversation and we're continuing to have the conversation is all good. Dr. Sathya, thank you so much for joining us today. And for everyone out there, thanks for tuning in to 20 Minute Health Talk. Have a great week. Get more expert insights from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts.